Dungeon Network and the Old and Mark Media present the grand finale of the Ross Grapers After School Special. But before all that, we'd like to thank our sponsors. No. No more ads. No more sponsors. This is my After School Special, and I've barely been in it. Enough. Do you people not know who I am? Air the God's damn episode, or I swear I am walking off this set and you won't get me back no matter how many zeros you put after that one. I'm a God's damn professional. I have an audience. I have a following. Give my people what they want. More Ross all the time. By the way, are you lonely? Are you miserable? Or just plain old horny? Well, if you act now and use the promotional code ROSASS, that's after school special, you'll get 2.5% off your first date with us here at D8 Services. Devoted, desired, dreamy, or dirt. Oh, you can hear all sorts of stupid efforts with my legitimate business. Okay, roll tape, finale time. What do frickin' do? Yet another gasp just wells up in the crowd and Happiness, Aureus, Bonnie and Artemis, all of you are just pulled straight out of the memory, out of the magic and back into the courtroom. And how does Artemis look right now at this stage? How does he feel having all of that memory brought up and then, you know, displayed in front of his peers, colleagues and the, you know, the known universe of mages, witches, wizards, and sorcerers, and everybody that's important in Mistian. He just feels embarrassed and ashamed, and, like, everyone thinks he's a loser, and it, it, I think it's very difficult for him to hide. Almost, like, reflexively nearly teleports out of there, but, you know, and it wouldn't work anyway with the anti-magic zone, but has to sort of control himself. Mrs. Shufflebottom also looks a little flustered. As the three of you kind of take stock of what's in front of you, Archmage Fausti just kind of shakes his head. Miss Grapers, you... uh, As already outlined, uh, you can't object to, well, what's what's happening... Uh, these aren't your memories. These are the memories of your friends and colleagues. And we're getting a unbiased view of as to what has happened. And Roz just kind of snorts and slumps back down into the chair and just kind of crosses her arms. Um, I wasn't objecting to what was happening. I was objecting to the fact that this is all about me and I'm barely in this. So... <laughs> <laughs> Give the people what they want, Fausty. Give them Roz around the... Cl- and there's, again, there's some hooting and hollering coming from the audience behind her. And she she does, she turns to the crowd and she does kind of shimmy at them before sitting straight back down the seat. And as she does, Dean Poole just sort of stands rather sharply and laying kind of a hand on Archmate Fausty's shoulder... <sighs> Fausti, it's clear by now that, well, 
we've seen it. We've seen the chaos and the lack of respect that Miss Greypurse and her, and she kind of looks down. I mean, she's on a height anyway, but there's more to it than just, you know, the physical, she's on a platform, uh, you are not. She's sneering down at Aureus, Happiness and Bonnie. The thesis submitted is, it's embarrassing, Fausti. Uh, I think it's safe to say that all of us up here would be utterly mortified to have that associated with this institute, these hallowed mystical grounds. And a couple of the other professors, the deans, are all shaking their head. Heather is just going 90. Like her head is just like, she's just like a, one of those bobbing dogs. She's like, yeah, no. Oh my God, no. no. Tragic. What is her deal? She's going to turn to Bonnie and say that. She's like, what is, what is her deal? What's their deal? What did I do? Do I look okay? I mean, Bonnie is like, mind has been sort of racing and turning things over and is trying to like slot lots of different puzzle pieces that don't fit together yet together she's like i mean pool's portrait was in the heatherbirds club and and i think she stands up and she says and you are wearing a heatherbirds pin professor pool and in fact you were the person who submitted or told us you were going to submit the thesis when it wasn't yet complete because it had been torn in half so i mean what was in that thesis that you think is so mortifying that you would submit it to be assessed by our university without checking with Roz that it was finished first. You and she sort of, yeah, she sort of starts quietly talking and then stands up and says that and is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happiness is just going to start clapping. That was beautiful. will also start clapping. <laughs> oh my God. And One Bonnie second is like, after yeah. happiness starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However many years this has been, you know, since school, Bonnie has gotten a lot more confident, mostly to do with horses still, but is like, generally is like, you know, she's been calmed by their presence enough to feel confident around others more so nowadays. She's going to be like, I love this confidence on you. It's beautiful. Thank you. I'm... I'm not really certain, Miss Verdant, what it is you are attempting to accuse me of. And I think it's very telling as well just how many people in positions of authority have got these Heatherbird uh, pins on them. I seem to remember uh, Miss Shufflebottom also having one. And there's. And, and, and indeed, names. Heather is on the panel. And indeed, oh, Heather is on Aussie. is on the panel, and they've clearly expressed a severe dislike of 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 of, of Roz. I mean, would you say, Paul, that you would associate yourself with Heather? I mean, if you all associate with each other, and you were threatening to uh, what was it lower our grades if we didn't give you the book that Roz was prepared to hand in? This all seems quite strange. Aki, I think you should ask Paul some questions. <laughs> and it sounds to me like a severe conflict of interest. Yes, exactly. Especially if they have a predefined relationship with the person that is being put on trial at the moment. I mean, what's being put on trial? Roz or the processes that are in place? Well, I think it's you... spend a month learning law terminology. <laughs> <laughs> I think feel like you Bonnie like, does like a little, like puts out her fist like for a little fist bump with our, with uh, Aureus, like yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, I'm still bumps angry it. with you about what I found out before, but also, yeah. Arise bumps it, keeps talking. Uh, I think I think you're all holding your personal grudges and using the 
bureaucracy and the places and the processes put in place to hide behind them, enacting your owner of revenge against the very revered Ros Alind Graypurse. Um, yeah. I think that's about a minute. I'd like to make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> okay. <Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's a fourteen. That's a fail. They're looking to beat 17. Okay. Uh, words of terror. Once per short rest, you can speak to a humanoid for one minute, causing it to be frightened of me or another creature of my choice. I'm choosing it to be frightened of Bonnie. Okay. Specifically oh specifically about her her ability with words and lore. <laughs> like, they're in a corner. And There's it's a lot like, of horse oh bureaucracy shit. that goes on, so Bonnie is very well couple of things all kind of happen at this moment. Oh no. <laughs> Arreus, you, firstly you draw not only, you know, not only Archmage Fausti's attention, not only Happiness and Bonnie's, but you, you call to the fact that they're all, that there are heather birds present here in the upper echelons of the Mystian University. And when you call out Mrs. Shufflebottom, Agnes immediately attempts to like hide the pen that she's using. And it is that weird thing of like, oh, she put it down because, you know, she was like kind of like trying to stop herself from crying. And she reached for it, knocked it forward, reached for it again, and then sent it flying. And it, because there's a, a large purple feather at the end of it, it does that weird little flumey thing as it goes to the ground. It rattles <laughs> and rolls, and now everybody's looking at it. Heather Exhibit is, A. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you focus on Dean Poole and you you can you can actually see her right eyebrow is raised very sharply. And then it starts to quiver. And she's kind of now looking at you, Artemis, to maybe turn the tide of this. Uh Yes, um Dean Poole, um uh, I, I am curious, though, we are here to question uh, Ros Graypurse and whatever my feelings on the individual doesn't change the fact that we're here to come to the truth and uh, I'm a man who values truth and I think it would serve the court to know what was in this in this thesis that was so objectionable. We haven't heard the actual details. <clears throat> Professor Shufflebottom, do you really think that Miss Graypurse could be capable, brilliant enough to devise grand theories on the arcane properties of love do you do you think the thesis was anything more than just ramblings and filth and the occasional drawing of centaurs Ros Graypurse is sexy duplicitous <laughs> she is voluptuous she is despicable <laughs> She is filthy. Oh, Artemis. Oh, <laughs> but unfortunately, she is brilliant. Oh, I'd almost shed a tear there if 
your opinion of me counted. I think I think she lacks finesse, but uh, other than that, yeah, I'd be inclined to agree. We've already seen the <laughs> thesis. You've seen it for yourselves. And she kind of waves her hand back and forth in the air. A rather large tome lifts up off the table in the centre of the room. Feel free to rifle through it. Stake your reputations on it if you wish. It is Rosalinda Graypurse's handiwork. I think Bonnie, like, arches her eyebrow higher than Pools and says, <laughs> no, not this version. This is the version that was submitted. We need to know what was in the thesis that Ros wrote. We can't know that this was the version that she wrote, given that you were the one who submitted it. So what was in it before that point? This is exactly... This is the tome that your own friend Arreus handed to me that night. Which had been torn in two, as we saw. It just doesn't make so, sense. May we examine the book? Yeah. Surely Roz should look over it and show what what corresponds with what she actually wrote or not. Arreus would like to examine the bindings of the book. Arreus, you're a, a librarian. Is, is, does this look in any way reformed I if if there were perhaps some magical mending done perhaps I would would recognize it but I'm not sure if magical duplications of a document would hold up to an anti-magic field so perhaps it's simple physical forgery yeah does it look like it's been rebound you can roll an investigation check Arreus with advantage only Ooh. because of your weird thing with books <laughs> you make it sound like a fetish <laughs> well you know it goes <laughs> deeper than that if the book sleeve fits oh no <laughs> it's a very snug fit um, stay away from the sleeves <laughs> that uh, that'd be a 21 Ooh, weird book it's, it's very interesting Arreus the cover of the book, it doesn't look... I mean, you saw it get torn in half. You saw Roz... Mm. You know, you saw the whole thing kind of happen in the courtyard. You saw the two pieces, uh, the one in the Heatherbird's old society room, the one frozen in the butt of the centaur ice statue. Physically, there would be some sort of markers or identity to show that this has been rebound only thing about the book that looks to be different is actually the cover the hard cover and as you as you kind of you know hold it up and kind of weight it and stuff like that the contents seem to have have been inserted into this and as you fiddle with the pages the first page between the hard cover and the next page it kind of comes away a little bit you're able to peel it back. I, th I think in if there's if there's like a solvent there, I think he's definitely like licking his finger and rubbing a bit of it. Like he's he's full in like he's not about preserving this book. He's about he's about getting to the answers. Getting to the he truth. He knows how to <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to interrogate a book. <laughs> it's definitely a fetish. And as you uh, <laughs> uh, as yeah, as you manage to to kind of peel it away, the four of you kind of huddled around it. 
it's that weird sort of quiet has kind of filled the courtroom. Everybody has kind of stood up. Even the people at the very, very back of the Great Hall are all kind of standing up and leaning over, even though they no way they can possibly see what, what you're holding. But Archmage Fausti, Dean Poole, Heather, Mrs. Shufflebottom, everybody is up and kind of crooning out over their seats to get a look at what's what has uh, Arrhaeus found. You peel back this inside page and you see just swirling, slightly faded black ink letters. To B, A, and H. Thanks for your help. To my Arky, you made me realize what love could be. And then, in parentheses, Dr. Rosalinda Graypurse, love wizard, question mark, and the question mark is dotted with a little heart. Did it, sorry, did it come away from the cover or did it come away from the main pages of the inserted book? Why was it, it stuck together? It came away from the cover. So this is the original so cover. It looks like the original cover and they stuffed, stuffed new pages in. Th- th- those pages, these look like they might have been haphazardly glued in. It has been haphazardly glued in, which means that the person that it was entrusted to did not care for it properly, nor was it submitted in its original form. There's gas from the crowd. <laughs> and there's, there's, <laughs> with, each, with each one of those revelations, uh, Arrhaeus, there is just like... Yeah. <gasps> and then a couple of people pass out the from prosecution. it. Most, mostly from happiness, because she can't contribute anything. So she's just like... <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> happiness is just there for the drama. Yeah. <laughs> As... Member of the prosecution, I, I fear Archmage Fausti that this this evidence may have been tampered with. <gasps> Arias turns with a silent jacuse, like Phoenix Wright style. <laughs> Happiness is going to um, reach into her into her briefcase and just take out a string of pearls to put around her neck and then clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you still have inspiration, happiness, but you can take inspiration for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dean Poole just kind of looks a little bewildered. So your whole argument is that I, a esteemed member of Mystian Universities, High Council doctored a fourth year's thesis. After accusing and blackmailing several other students, yes. To what purpose? What is my motive? I Why? Think, I think... We are the defence. We are not... We do not have to make those the accusations. Witnesses, but... we, we, <laughs> still... We're for the defence. <laughs> I, I think that question needs to be answered by someone else. Roz, what was the conclusion of your original thesis and why would the Heatherbirds not want that to be published? Roz just kind of takes a moment to kind of just, as everybody, again, all eyes kind of fall on her. She stands up and she clasps both her paws together. I don't know why the Heatherbirds, Dean Poole, have such an issue with my work. 
it wasn't answering any of the big questions. It just posed another one. What's love got to do? Arias nods solemnly. (laughs) Remembering that night. Wait, what? I've spent my life trying to figure it out. And she kind of looks at all of you and then her eyes fall on you, Artemis. Why do you... Why do you think your mom's friends don't like me, Artemis? I don't know. And I don't like not knowing things. Mummy! (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why what, sweetums? Just... Why? Can I please do an insight check on what she's about to say? Of course. You ain't. Yep. You can roll. (laughs) I I put it behind me, this incident, all these years, and tried to forget about it. But now we're here, and we're going over it all again. And I, I just need an answer... For the first time throughout the trial, Agnes looks shook. She was upset after the the ballroom memory played out. She looks frail, like she looks a little bit like her world is kind of crumbling. And as her son, for the first time in his life, challenges her. her that was an 18 on the insight check. You can see that a little part of her is just lost. Arky, I, I, I did it all f- for you, sweetheart. Look, look, look at who you are. Look, look at what you've accomplished. And then there's just a uh, two hands slam down on the high mage's table as Dean Poole just zip it. Agnes, enough, enough, enough. I will not stand here and have this ramshackle tribunal cause any more fuss and be smirching the reputation of Mystian University. Archmage Fausti, I think it's clear that Roz Graypurse and her associates, Bonnie Verdant, Happiness Tinderson and Reyes Simmer and Artemis Shufflebottom mean to do nothing but bring this solemn university's reputation down. And I simply will not stand for it. I move that here and now we revoke their alumni status and strip them of their qualifications. All in favour? Like, how, <laughs> <laughs> how can I ask how long does Arias's whisper thingy Theo last? Uh, it lasts for an hour. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Bonnie's going to stand up and just stare at Paul, <laughs> who's still afraid of her, and be like, I say no. I think we should listen to Agnes and what Agnes has to say. Arias just like leans over leans over to Bonnie's like something about censoring a witness something about yeah, yeah censoring uh, a witness yeah <laughs> Bonnie's just like staring uh, at turns to the, to the, the stands the crowd to Archmage Fausti and he says 
esteemed faculty, Archbishop Faustine, uh, alumni, this is an institute of learning, the finest institute of learning in all the realm. For better or worse, what, are we afraid of questions here? Is this not the place for questions? Yeah. Oh, was that really not in favor of us? Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. No. I like to think happiness saw everyone else put their hands up. One of your pearls is rolling away. <laughs> what he said. Yeah. Archmage Fausti kind of a few of the the other professors at the High Mage Council table are kind of they're, they're talking amongst themselves and uh, Heather has moved over to Dean Poole and they seem to be very much uh, deep in conversation Agnes Shufflebottom is just she's kind of caught between the whole lot of it and doesn't know what to do with herself Arias is going to reach out telepathically to Agnes because that's just a thing that's not a spell it's time to tell your story, Agnes. Relax, relax. <laughs> Give me a persuasion check, uh, Arias. Oh, damn. That is 18 plus 7 for a 25. <laughs> Jack of all trades, baby. <laughs> the echoing wet whisper in Agnes's ear, and because it's in her ear, even though it's telepathically, it's in her ear. Uh, yeah, yeah, something yeah. wrong with the race. <laughs> Agnes kind of loses herself in, in all of this kerfuffle. Archmage Fausti is calling for a recess. He's calling for this thing to be adjourned so that they can discuss what's just all these revelations. Agnes, with the pen that she picked up off the ground, just slowly lifts her hand up and waves the feather in the air. Objection. Archmage Fausti. I'd like to totally recall the events as I remember them. Yeah! Happiness, <laughs> <laughs> the pearls snap. <laughs> but then repair themselves because these are, sp- they're literally, they're dramatic pearls. And you break them and they're like, oh, the dramatic effect. And then they fix themselves back together. <laughs> A monocle appears as if from nowhere into <laughs> There's just a silence because everybody kind of now looks at Archmage Fausti and at Agnes Shufflebottom and what will be the outcome of this. And by now you can actually, all of you have a better sense, the trial has been going on for hours. This is, and the the large stained glass windows at the back of the Great Hall have darkened. And you can see the stars beyond and the the, the wonderful spiraling galaxies and night sky clouds all just sort of disappearing into the back and Archmage Fausti kind of trots up and down along the table well I'll allow it um if only (laughs) if only for the drama and the mist swirls up all around Agnes and it begins to take on shapes all over And we see Agnes back in the heydays of Mystian University, well before Happiness, Aureus, Bonnie, Roz and Artemis ever set foot. We see Agnes as a young woman, kind of just gliding through the halls. Is she hot? (laughs) 
No, because she's young, but she still looks like an old woman. She's like, it's one of those people that, you know, you know when the people are saying I, they're perpetually... I, I didn't ask what age she looks. <laughs> yeah, she's hot, okay? She's a hot, young, old nice. woman. <laughs> um, yeah, she's always kind of dressed older than she actually was. And sure, sure. we see her kind of moving all around. Running up to her, we see Dean Poole, or the younger version of Dean Poole. And the two of them kind of go hand hand in hand almost to the library and there they submit a formal application to establish the Heatherbirds Society. A group of wizards and witches who promise to always hold the esteemed values of arcane arts, magical discovery and exploration, and the sanctity of higher education above all else. And Heatherbirds become the highly sought after popular group that really want to safeguard magical properties and magical studies. Time moves forward, and while most of our classmates go on to great careers, some even becoming the heads of departments, Agnes finds herself sidelined. Agnes becomes a school administrator, college administrator, and takes great pride in her work. But she is consumed with raising her only child. Everything she does is for her little Archie. And the Heatherbird Society continues long after they establish it. But it takes on a new life and a new form. It becomes a space for the creme de la creme of wizarding and witch society to hang out, to bond and connect, to rule the roost at Mystian. It isn't until Arctimus joins Mystian University that Agnes takes a more proactive approach in college life and the society. Enlisting the aid of Dean Poole, Agnes has become alarmed because Arky is hanging out with people that, well, people that don't take magic very seriously. And Dean Poole quickly realises that amongst this group of tyrannical teenagers, there's <laughs> one figure that seems to really have a disdain for traditional values. Roz Grapers. And Dean Poole is horrified when word reaches her that not only is Arctimus dating Rosalinda Graypurse, he is in fact assisting her with her thesis. And a plan is hatched to do away with the thesis. But that doesn't quite work out. The next best thing is to frame Roz. And the pair enlist members of the former society that they had set up. And we see Agnes Shufflebottom set at her administrator's desk a bottle of glue and a little brush and she manually binds in torn pages out of the library that Dean Poole acquires for her and between them they falsify Rosalinda Graypurse's thesis. Shakus! <laughs> and Agnes is standing there her shoulders just bobbing up and down as she is sobbing just tears. So now what? We Agnes Archmage Fausti, what I did, I did to protect Mystian University 
from her kind, from their kind. There's just a very weird, heavy silence in the air. Nobody can quite believe what they've seen. And Archmage Fausti just kind of shakes his head. Dean Poole. I quote a very good friend of mine when I say, Mystian University is not just a place of learning. It's a place to ask questions. And everybody turns to stare at Dean Poole. What are the four of you doing? Daring at Dean Poole? (laughs) Happiness is quietly going to go back to putting her hand on her chest with a surprised face on and just be... As she watched the events unfold. Artemis is going to walk up to his mother. And he gives her a hug and sort of puts her sobbing, you know, against his chest. And he says, you did your best, mommy. And I'll always love you. But I think it's time I moved out. I'll come round every Sunday. Because I think we have some things we need to talk about. Agnes, when you just first say you're going to move out, it, the sobbing becomes an uncontrollable wailing. And like she, it's, she's kind of half buried into your chest, Artemis. But she's kind of nodding, like she's, as in she's acknowledging that this might have to happen. So, so now what? I attempt, I attempt to keep the reputation of this university intact. And I'm the villain. I'm the bad person. If we had published Rosalinda Graypurse's thesis, we, and she gestures around at the high table, would have been laughing stocks. What's love got to do with it? Nothing. Love's got nothing to do with it. There, I've answered your question. You absolute hack! And Roz now stands up and is gripping the bars and just fuming. I think... Hmm. Hmm. You want to know what real magic is? Because I'd really love to show you. And Dean Poole reaches for the brooch on her side and just rips it off, holds it up over her head, and purple shining light just erupts from the gaps in her fingers, smashes through the glass and the walls, and the Archmage Council, some of them are, they just scarper out of the way. All of you just see kind of the back wall of the the, the great hall just explode outwards and cold air rushes in the crowd starts to panic (laughs) oh it's going to be great to eat all of you and Dean Poole just holds out her arms and two huge purple wings just erupt from her back as she begins to transform into the mythological oh Heatherbird. No! no. 
the crowd are panicking the high mages are any of them in the vicinity of her including uh, Heather Lockspear are all kind of just sent flying backwards they're just there's just this blast of arcane energy and all of you see the room itself ripple like the energy in the room actually shakes and the walls shake in dust tapestries the glass windows all along the side rattle violently as Dean pulls giant purple wings fold in around her almost kind of cocooning her and then she starts to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and the wings just burst out and as they do a second wave of magical energy just ripples out like a shockwave and as this one hits you all of you feel an intense cold and as the purple feathered creature unfurls its wings and tail, you see the air around it twist. Snow and ice fractals just forming, wisping all around it. You see behind her the night sky itself swirling, the stars themselves following her every movement. And as her large head just unfurls upwards, you see this shimmering silver beak and two glowing eyes made of starlight. And a scream erupts from the heather bird. Finally, I can shed off that ridiculous form. Behold, the new archmage of the Mystic University. Bow. And she's just kind of floating in the air. Happiness is going to give a small bow. <laughs> I think Bonnie like grabs your arm and is like, no. He <laughs> stands up again and is like, no. Artemis, he uh, is going to say, well, I always found your classes stifling <laughs> and is going to because he has um as an artificer he's got a bunch of magic items he has got winged boots in his in his armor and he is going to start flying towards the heather bird assuming he can and he's going to make two attacks okay so you 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 want to just charge straight at her Arreus, happiness and bonnie what are you doing can I do some sort of history check to see if I know anything about what the fuck this is? <laughs> sure, you can. Um, oh, shit. I've rolled a lot of 18s this session. Okay. Um, this, that, and this is an 18 plus 9 uh, for a okay. 27. So you know what it is. You know mm-hmm. kind of a little bit about its history. So one of the mm-hmm. things that you know is that it is Fae. Other thing you know is that this thing comes from the moors on the Void. And the Void is space. The Void is mm-hmm. interdimensional. It is it is the fold between planes. And the okay. other thing you know about the Heather Bird is that it is a horrifically persnickety perfectionist. It, Ooh, everything has to be perfect. Okay. That's interesting. Bonnie and happiness. Is there still a magic blackout? Sorry, you uh, yeah, you have actually reminded me. I was saying that the, the second shockwave that hit you, you did feel that coldness. 
as that subsided, you also felt the connection to your magic return. Okay, cool. So she's going to grab Bonnie's forearm and be like, oh my god, I got my magic back. Do you have your magic? I feel magical again. Yes. This is great. Yes. Um, yes, it's very great. And then uh, she is going to try cast Dragon's Breath. You touch one willing creature, which is Bonnie. You're willingly accepting my arm. Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, and you imbue it with the power to spew magical energy from its mouth, provided it has one. Sweet. Dragon <laughs> um, holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and then I am going to try, I get to choose which type of damage, which type of damage do you think this bird? Well, I was... Well, what I was going to do was I was going to ask if I could do some sort of nature or perception check. You know, I work with a lot of horses, but I also work with a lot of winged horses now. If I could work out this cold magic, is that a sign that the heather bird itself needs to be cold, a.k.a. would fire be more damaging? So maybe I could be doing that at the same time. Yes, So sure. happiness can decide yeah. what that would be. Yeah, so if you want to give me a nature check, Bonnie, and as this is happening, uh, Arctimus, you are kind of flying straight at it with a weapon drawn. So we'll come, and then we, so obviously, because since you've all decided to health leather this, we will be rolling for initiative once we get the yeah. um, Bonnie's roll. It's only a 12, unfortunately, but it's got snow all around it, so who knows? It is emitting a lot of cold energy, which would probably tell you that it is... If not immune, then probably resistant to it. As for discerning a weakness, you don't see anything to say that fire, you know, just just because it seems to like the cold doesn't mean it, it would be adverse to fire. It, it doesn't seem to be flinching away from any kind of the, you know, the candelabras or, or anything like that that are kind of hanging in the air. So not even really indicate just what uh, it might be worried about or weakened against. And with that, and I let you take the first attack, uh, Arctimus, as a surprise attack. What did you roll? It was a 15, but... Okay. As you charge at it and you you lunge forward with your left arm to just strike its right wing with a flap of purple feathers, you are actually sent flying backwards, Arctimus. Everybody roll initiative as your 15 does not land a hit. That's uh sixteen. Six. Fifth. <laughs> uh fifteen for Arias. Uh and eighteen for Artemis. What also while we're rolling things, what was happiness what was the energy gonna be then? Because if, if if Bonnie sort of says it, it seems cold <laughs> for the dragon's <laughs> breath. Um what 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 are you feeling? Like how how how, how do you feel, babes? Fire sounds fun. <laughs> Fire it is. Even if it doesn't seem to necessarily help more, as long as it's not cold, then that should be fun. Yeah, perfect. I guess I'll wait until it's my turn, the initiative order, and then we can... Uh... Be- because, yeah, I was letting all this kind of stuff happen in the one go, so no, you have fire breath. Okay, cool. The deck save of 14 for you then, Declan. Oh, does it just immediately like, bleh? If, like, is, that, is, that, is that heartburn? Is that acid reflux? Oh God. And then just a torrent of flame comes <laughs> spilling out of your mouth. Uh, and you said a dex save of 14. So that is a 24, sorry, 23 on its 
deck save. Balls. That's a that's a big sex Dave. <laughs> uh, uh, half damage. So uh, half damage. Yes. So that is fifteen. Halved is eight. Yeah, Bonnie. Just and and then at the same time, as as the flame starts to come spilling out, yeah, it seems to. Do, <laughs> yeah, happiness then kind of points you like a like a like a flamethrower or a, a fire extinguisher. Almost, she literally just aims you, just like, like using your arm to kind of guide you a little bit. The flames furl upwards. You see that the edges of her feathers kind of catch a little bit and smolder, but as quickly as the flames just broil out of you uh, your mouth Bonnie with a beat of her wings they are the flames are just extinguished and papers platforms tables chairs even Agnes are all pushed backwards you see several people in the crowd have actually bowed they're like oh god I'll, I'll bow I don't want to get eaten I don't, I don't want to get eaten Artemis your action he is going to cast haste on himself he's a bit clunky in the suit and this thing seems pretty hard to hit so Oh, but I still can't cast two spells, so... Punch it! Actually... <laughs> Punch it! Yeah. <laughs> he is going to, uh, bonus action, gain ten temporary hit points using his defensive field, and then he is going to fly up um, and try to punch it again. Give me an attack roll. That is a punch. That is a 24. That hits. Yep, 24 hits. Okay, that damage. ten uh, points of thunder damage. And with those thunder gauntlets, the creature that I hit uh, has disadvantage on attack rolls against targets other than me until the start of my next turn. As you literally fly straight at it again, this time a little quicker in yourself, a little bit more like peppy, <laughs> the electroconverger in your gloves kind of just literally, you feel kind of the energy kind of crackling through it. It is so much more streamlined. It is so much more proficient. And you clacker straight into the chest. And there is, there's a ripple of thunder that cracks through the air and it just echoes throughout the Great Hall. And a few people who were kneeling are like, kind of now like, oh, half me, oh, we might win. Okay, so I was like, I was just tying my shoelaces. Uh, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. But as you hit Bonnie, Happiness and Aureus, you just see this left purple wing slap Artemis out of the air and just try to slam it straight to the ground. Take 20 damage. Ooh. I am really glad I gave myself those 10 points. Happiness. I'm going to walk, like, try to get myself 15 feet away from my comrades and 15 feet closer to the head of birds. So I'm like bang smack in the middle. And I would like to cast Burning Hands at fifth level onto the large bird. Um, and just turn sure. around to Bonnie and be like, no offense, babe, but I'm just going to give this a go myself. Um, <laughs> and so that's another deck save of 14, which I feel like you're absolutely going to smash. But then... I did not, because with my deck save, I get a plus six and I rolled a three. <laughs> so that is only nine. Great. Nice. Okay. So that's 76. That's 27 total. Nice. Half with a yawn. Happiness just holds one hand up. And just this maelstrom of shining golden orange and red flames just sprays out of her hand, engulfing the heather bird. No! Okay. And she'll fix her hair and turn her turn on her heel and move back the 15 feet that she left to the guys. Okay. As an expert flamer, 
uh, happiness it just immediately <laughs> uh, yeah it's different the, even the heat and the whole great hall is lit up with it happiness as you turn on your heel and walk back to Bonnie and Arias give me a perception check for sure it's a plus zero that's a three. Oh, wait can I use my inspiration no wait should I ruin it yeah sure yeah. Uh, 17. As you turn, and it is that like, oh, we're done. I'm fixed. It's great. Let's go home. You see someone where you'd seen the high mage table and archmage Fausti all kind of get blown away and like slammed into the walls and stuff like that. When Professor Dean Poole made her full transformation. Near the doorway where the, uh, the high mages and the deans came through. Standing in the corner you would recognize that absolutely tortured, <laughs> frizzy maelstrom of bleached blonde hair anywhere. Heather Lockspear is standing there, wand ready, and magical energy just wafting around her as she's preparing to cast. Any bonus action? No, but she will point out Heather to Bonnie and Aris and just say, uh, mm-hmm. oh my god, look who decided to show up. Bonnie and Arias, you both see Heather Lockspear, or, or Dean Lockspear, standing there, readying herself to engage. Arias, your action. Yeah, uh, Arias is going to note that and log <laughs> it in his little file of facts. And in fact, he's going to turn and look at her, and as he does, his eyes just kind of glow white. He takes out a... Um, so you guys remember it at school, Arreyes had like this big boombox. Um, he takes out of his pocket a rectangular object, sort of no larger than a book, um, but inside it is a smaller sort of rectangle that's got cables and stuff running around it. Um, he <laughs> he takes out his Walkman um, <laughs> and just. <laughs> fast forwards turns it around and presses play and just like this enchanting melody floats out towards Heather Lockspeak and she make a wisdom saving throw please that is a nine. Oh my god she has just failed a wisdom saving throw against dominate person the fifth level enchantment spell oh goody <laughs> we have a telepathic link as long as the two of us are on the same plane of existence which we are and so he's, he's gonna just give her the command of the way Arreus' eyes went milky white, Heather Lockspears have also now kind of gone milky white. And where she was staring at the three of ye, kind of intently focused on you, her gaze now shifts very, very robotic-like to the Heatherbird. Yeah. She is very much focusing on this. Any bonus actions, Arreus? I will do nothing with my bonus action other than plug my headphones back into my Walkman. <laughs> The heatherbird just ruffles her feathers. And where she stood a moment ago, she's no longer there as she blinks away in smoke. And Arctivus, as you kind of, you feel her weight just vanish off of you, all of you feel this cold energy emanating. And she reappears right behind Bonnie, Happiness and Arreus. Her neck creaming upwards, coldness just pulsing all around her. Her eyes inflame with starlight. 
her mouth opens and you can see stardust just spilling out and she breathes down on top of the three of you as she uses her breath weapon. And Arctimus, you're going to get caught in this as well because you're within 60 feet. Can all of you make a dex saving throw? uh, DC 17, please. Oh, I failed. That's a seven. I failed. Um, That's an 11. I failed. Dirty 20 for me. Yeah, I got it. This blanket of void energy just explodes out. It rolls across the courtroom floor and the hard marble floor of the Great Hall. And as it hits all of you, you just feel feel this intense cold and then a burning pain that follows it. Everybody who failed, take 28 damage. Four. 14 cold and 14 radiant. I'll take half damage from radiant! Half as much if you... <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Half as much if you were successful. So, that's 21 damage for me, because I take half damage from Radiant. You, Emma Bird. Um, So, half of of 21... I know. Half of 21 is 10. That's my con save that I need to beat to keep concentration on my spell. And my dice keeps landing on a big number, then rolling over to five. That was a seven for the con save, so she is no longer dominated. Unless Arctimus wanted to use a flash of inspiration. Yeah, I was going to say, I can use that for the, <laughs> the con save. So flash of genius, uh, I can okay, burn that. I've got four more uses of it, so you can get a plus five to that con save. That takes it up to 12, which is more than 10. <laughs> <laughs> as you focus on the your connection to Heather Lockspear and the pain kind of coursing through you, Arias, you just uh, your mind you can hear you can, it's this it's her surface thoughts, uh, like it's literally you, like you're like and all you can hear is um, get the promotion, get the promotion, get the promotion. You'll be better than happiness. Oh. Oh, loves you more than happiness. Oh my god! With that, she turns and she kind of points the wand out at the heather bird and even though internally she's going oh my god what are you doing she can't help but as she is going to cast telekinesis to actually grab the heather bird and hold it it has to make a strength check nope that's great okay so that's a seven all of you see this energy just waft out of heather and the cold the dust the pages are all whipped up together, grabbed by telekinetic energy, forming this well-manicured hand that just snatches out of nowhere and grabs the heather bird, squeezing it and restraining it. Bonnie. I'm going to cast Insect Plague. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Insect Plague. I'm going to centre it on the heather bird and the area is also difficult terrain. A constitution saving throw. So, and the save is a DC 16. 14. I rolled a 2 again. Great. Bonnie, get new dice. (laughs) (laughs) That is 12 piercing damage. So not only now is the heather bird restrained by a well-manicured telekinetic hand, Bonnie kind of just reaches down into kind of a bag at her side and just grabs a handful of dried locusts, 
grinds them up and just casts the dust into the air, reforming uh, this swarm, swallows up around the heather bird, biting, scratching, uh, and nipping at it. Uh, and you see it, it is, it's attempting to try and recoil, but as it's restrained, it, it's not able to kind of get away from it uh, in any way or form. No, but I am going to move away. Yeah, as, as you cast this magic out, you maneuver around to the right, kind of getting a, a advantage. And yeah. Arctimus, your action. Okay. Arctimus is um, going to fly with his rocket boots uh, towards um, the head of the bird. And since he is hasted, uh, what extra attack and he's hasted, he is going to make three gauntlet attacks. So 24, a 25, and a nat 20. Roll the, roll the damage uh, for all of them as normal. Uh, what's the base die damage you're doing for your gauntlet? What's the, is it a D6, uh, they're D10? D, they're D8. They're D8. Okay, so you automatically have done eight damage. So you roll your damage now as normal and add eight on top of that. So, um, 18, so 25 plus 8 is 32, no, 33. He's just got a bonus action, 10 temporary hit points. From where you are, Arctimus, as you kind of get up and you push yourself up off the ground and you shake off uh, that cold and that weird energy, you see the heatherbird restrained, you see it swarmed by locusts, you watch as Bonnie kind of slinks around to the right side of it, and on your left, you see Roz, and she's lying down. She's mm. not moving. She's still trapped within the cage. Seeing her like that, all the anger that you've felt, all the anger you felt all the way back then, uh, it just bubbles up inside you. And your boots blast. You are sent flying through the air recklessly. Uh, it's not even... Uh, it's not even like a, a clean launch. And as you just manage to maneuver yourself into a, a better position, your fist automatically connects uh, with the heather bird's beak and it cracks and you uppercut and the head goes back. And as you, you just, the boots just switch off and you drop with the full weight of your armor and suit and you pile drive straight down into its left foot and with each one of these strikes the thunder gets louder the crowd are literally now kind of chanting your name like uh, well they're like um that guy that guy <laughs> i mean Ar- 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 i think it's professor Arctimus. Uh, um professor arctimus professor yeah Ar- arky arky uh, and people are just yeah, they're seeing... Oh, God, I'm uh, about to waste you, a turn uh, teaching these people how to charm. Free <laughs> <laughs> action to talk. Happiness. Yeah, she's going to be like, oh, Arctimus, that looked like so much fun. And she's going to click her heels together and invoke her, her flying boots as well. And she's going to fly up above and cast Chaos Bolt at uh, the Heatherbird. Uh, plus six to hit, so 18. 18 doesn't hit, I'm afraid. Ah, all right, let's try a bonus action, which I can use my flame blade, and that is a 18 plus six is a 24. Is this uh, the green flame blade attack, is it? Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, you, you 
click your you click your two very smart, comfortable, and elegant shoes together. And uh, while they don't have the uh, all the comfort of your schmugs, the, the boots <laughs> we saw you way back in college, they do twinkle with that same sound and the fluttering of wings, happiness as you fly upwards very gracefully. Just as you as you kind of catch yourself midair, energy crackles from your hands and you shoot out just this maelstrom of chaotic arcane energy. It hits the the ground just next to the heatherbird as your shot just goes wide. And with that, you literally flit straight towards the heatherbird, drawing a, a small blade from your side. You give it a kind of a quick shake. It erupts into green flame. You slash at the heatherbird. Damage? 12. You literally slice straight into her left wing. You see the heatherbird kind of wince back in pain and you just hear a All I wanted to do was to make this a proper place of learning. You people don't deserve me. Arrhaeus. Arrhaeus is going to use his action to take full control over Heather Locksby, is it? Yep. And he is, she's got a wand, right? She does. Yeah, it's and the wand is made of heatherbird feathers. Yes, yeah, it has it has the the feathers at the end of it. Cool. He's gonna use his action to control her and compel her to snap the wand and basically rob her of any material components through which she can cast spells. Like that's that's the that's the control that he ex- exerts on her. Oh, for the the one time you want to roll low, <laughs> I rolled a nineteen minus one eighteen, and I was like, "Oh, come on, come on, dice, roll low for to, me to do what?" Because you know you roll low to break the, for her to actually physically oh, I break see. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the wand. I just gave her, I just gave her like a strength roll. Sure. Go, eh. And I was like, "Come on, roll low." Roll, no, no, no. I get a nineteen minus one eighteen. She holds the wand up and just crack. Uh, she splits it right in half, and when she does, you see that the feathers they molt. They don't just, the wand doesn't just break away in two pieces. The feathers actually molt. And with that... I mean, she's definitely going to take some damage from it, but... Okay. <laughs> the heather bird, her whole form crackles. Like, like static on a television, like stars blinking in and out. And you see it kind of writhe in pain and then it, it holds its shape again. How interesting. What does it mean? Bonus action. This is the only thing about bards is they are never really spoilt for bonus action choices. Um, bonus action going to give bardic inspiration to Bonnie. 1d10. As uh, as you just hear, hear, in your, hear in your ear. The, the humanoid heaven's got no... She, she can't do magic anymore. But your magic. <laughs> okay. It's so moist. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, so I'm going to roll 3d8 as the Heatherbird uses its legendary action. She recovers 15 health. Fuck. And she, like the form, I mean, it's still looks weakened she st- she doesn't look as robust she doesn't look as formidable as it did when it first appeared mm-hmm. uh, you can still see scratches and you can still see the broken beak the cracks in it uh, the talon has healed itself and on that 
it immediately swings a, a wing out at you, Happiness. Oh. And that is 23 to hit. Ah, uh, yes. Take... Oh, no, Silvery Barbs. Reaction to cast Silvery Barbs. Okay. <laughs> okay. With Silvery Barbs, that is a 14 to hit. It does not hit. Okay. And the advantage advantage goes to happiness. What does happiness hear just as the wing's about to hit her? What's the silvery barb? Uh, well, would hear Arias going, not even the best tether in the room. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm actually giving you inspiration for that. Um, on that, you're like, oh my god, yeah. And you, happiness, you just duck. You just, you don't know why, but you duck down to kind of look at the, like, oh my god, I'm the best Heather, and I'm not even Heather. <laughs> and just at that exact moment, the wing swooshes over your head. And as the wing swoops, the head comes forward and the beak drives straight at you, Arctimus. And that is, that's a 24 to hit. Sorry about a cut. Help you. <laughs> Take 16 piercing damage and 7 cold damage. As it comes straight down on top of you, it slashes straight through the armor. And where it hits that stardust, that void energy emanates out of it and seeps into the torn armor and suits Arctimus. And that cold permeates throughout. Was that the Heatherbird's turn? That was the Heatherbird's turn. Oh, yes, uh, you are correct, Ends Bonnie. Yep, turn I did not. in insects, so it does another constitution save, DC 16. Yep. Oh, my God. That's a nat one. <laughs> um, okay, no, I haven't. I, I've spared it, and I'm not, I refuse to allow that lat one to stand. Oh, I'm using my last no. legendary resistance. Uh, <laughs> well, even on a pass, uh, it still takes half, so. <laughs> and that is 10 piercing damage. As it kind of just ducks and because because with happiness and uh, Arctimus in its vicinity it's able to attack but it's not able to move beyond and as it brings its head down the locusts dive once more and just land and start chomping and scratching into the back of her neck and the others like little well like bug bite welts kind of like forming up it's and forming the, the shape is looking of a horse it's okay <laughs> 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 <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> as yeah, as these horse-shaped welts form on the heather bird's back and her neck, all the grace and majesty, all the mystical radiance that's just emanated from it when it first appeared, when Dean Poole first transformed, it's kind of gone. It's looking, it's looking a bit haggard. It's looking like, it's looking like this bird, you know, is on its last legs a little bit. Also, I've just realised they shouldn't be locusts; they should be horseflies. You're so okay. right, they should be we'll horse flies. They are horse flies. <laughs> sorry, anyway, sorry that's enough from me. Right? <laughs> no, they are locust-sized horse yes. flies. There we go. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, uh, new, and gross. <laughs> new fear unlocked. <laughs> so Heather is still under the dominate person. She is. She's just under the instruction to do as much damage as she can against the Heather bird. Again, she just locks eyes uh, on the Heather bird. And yeah, it has to make an intelligence saving throw. I, I, I guess I can just hear her going, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. Yeah. Why the fuck am I doing this? Oh my God. Why am I attacking my boss out in the open? We, we've all dreamed of and, it. 
<laughs> as she does, you just like these others, other thoughts kind of bubble up to the surface mm-hmm. as she casts Mind Sliver. And what you hear, Arias, is just like, and oh my god, like even like shoulder pads? Jesus, god. No one wears those. And a Mind Sliver attacks. Nice. And you all see the Heatherbird recoil in pain as it is struck with this psychic energy and its head just kind of winces back and forth and it's like, no, but the shoulder pads scream for It is Bonnie, your action. In that case, I'm going to kind of aim. It's so big that I aim at its body and I cast Thunder Wave and I'm going to do that at um, let's say third level, you know, treat yourself. <laughs> treat yourself to a little third level thunder wave. Um, so 15 foot cube originating. So yeah, again, I'm sort of aiming towards its back to try and get it and not everyone else as much as possible. Okay. Um, so it's a constitution saving saving throw. So a DC 16 still takes damage on okay. a fail as well. So that's a nat one. Yes. It's coming back round after you legendary actioned it last time. <laughs> yeah, it. I should have held it. Uh, so, Great. yeah, what what dice? You, what so damage dice is it? It's a d8. Okay, and so I, we'll hold an eight again. Yeah, and I have done uh, nineteen thunder damage, and on a failure, also pushed ten feet away. Just a few more insects bite it, uh, <laughs> and okay. any unsecured objects are also pushed along with it. And it's also very loud. Yeah, a, l- <laughs> a lot of chairs. Bonnie, you just, you stomp your foot straight down on the ground with all the authority and strength of a warhorse. Emanating from that, the sound just ripples and rolls uh, as a wave gathers energy and it just slams all around the heatherbird. It is shoved, chairs, a few people that were kind of half lingering nearby are all pushed back from the force of it. The heatherbird is not, it's not holding itself as strong. Like it, it, it looks, it looks woozy. On, um, is it on the ropes? <laughs> it's on the ropes, champ. It's on the ropes. Uh, you said Roz was down. Is, is yeah. Roz, how far away is Roz? Oh, wait, I can't do anything Roz, now anyway, stage, sorry. Yeah, she'd be about, from where you'd moved and everything, she would be the other side of the hall to you now at this stage. Okay. So she's probably about 50, 55 feet okay, away. Okay, I might start running towards Roz then and use my movement to head towards Roz for my next Okay. Turn. That's what I'll do. Artemis, a loud clap of thunder kind of knocks you back to your senses and you see that the, the tear in your armor isn't as deep or as severe as you thought it would be. It is your action. Okay, well, um, she is going to pull back then, and hearing the thunder, he's, uh, he says to Bonnie that, uh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> thunder, and we all know what comes next, as I will Rain. use my second and last, yeah, third level slot to cast now. It's not restrained anymore, is it? No, because it, it between being shoved back and moved around, it's yeah. the the telekinetic grip is gone. Yeah. So, but I'm still going to go for it. He is casting lightning bolt. So that is a DC 17 deck save. 
17 exactly okay so it's half not great roll anyway so that's just that's 11 lightning damage okay he's still hasted so he can still do one uh, punch and he is going to fly back in for another slap uh, 21 yeah that hits well, I'll go, um, 14 thunder damage with the gauntlet standing up uh, getting a sense of the armor you focus on the energy in front of you and what the electrical magic that's kind of coursing through you at this stage one hand out uh, palm facing the heatherbird a bolt of lightning just erupts from the palm striking the heatherbird right into the chest and before it has a chance to even flinch or react from it you fly straight forward where lightning shot from your left you punch it right into the guts and another clap of thunder, not quite as loud as Bonnie's thunder wave, but it cracks straight into the belly. And the heatherbird actually makes an of blah! As stardust kind of just spills out of its mouth. And the room gets even colder. Happiness. She's still, she's still just up there. She's like, are we not done with this yet? Um, <laughs> and she's going to cast Tasha's Mind Whip after having not Artemis Arias inside her head she's kind of getting a bit confused and she just starts lashing things out from her own mind <laughs> um, so that is an intelligence save of 14 I should have kept my legendary resistance <laughs> great I have no bonuses to this Oh, great. That's a five plus one, six. Great, great, great. Uh, so that's three <laughs> D6 damage. So that's two plus one is three plus five is eight. So that's eight damage. As you, as you're like, oh my God, Arias, get out of my head. Get out of my ear, you little weirdo. Um, you just, you just, the, the psychic energy just, uh, like, it's that thing of, it. it's partly Arias' psychic energy fuddled with yours and you're like oh my god get out of my head and you just cast it straight out and it is it's just a whiplash of psychic energy that just cracks through the air and the heather bird just recovering from getting sucker punched in the belly just kind of looks you dead in the eye happiness as this thing hits it right in and you just see its eyes the astral radiant flames that were burning out of it flatten and become this weird milky white and it its head spins for a second and you just no no no, no, no you chose you chose you chose me i'm 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 your heatherbird as you as your mind as your psychic energy melds with the the psychic energy emanating from the heatherbird happiness you just feel professor pool and her mind and the desperation she has as she clings on to the connection between her and the fae-like energy of this mystical creature and just with kind of a a little chuckle to yourself you just kind of just psychically, just give give Professor Poole's hand a little nudge with your boot and just shove her grip off. <laughs> and the heather bird vanishes. And Dean Poole falls to the ground with a thud. And everybody is kind of just looking on 
and upwards at you and Artemis at Bonnie who's kind of slinking back Arrhaeus Heather Locks Spear some of the high mages are kind of coming too now that the uh, the head of earth has dissipated people are kind of like what, what, what what's happening what's happening uh, and Dean Poole is lying there unconscious on the ground um, Arrhaeus will not quite end his spell what he's going to do is he's going to car- uh, just telepathically speak to Heather, the the extant Heather, um, and say, You won't go down in history as a bad guy. You can turn this around in your favour. Just remember who helped you. And then he releases the spell. She kind of... Heather looks at you, Arrhaeus, the remnants of the wand in her hand, and she just kind of casts it aside. <sighs> Yeah, nepotism aside, um, do um, am I fired? And she's just looking around uh, at, at the other kind of like, and she kind of goes to help up one of the other high mages, uh, kind of up on, onto their feet again. Bonnie. Uh, yeah, it looks like the heather bed's definitely gone. I will drop the insect plague. <laughs> All the little horse flies do. Okay. <laughs> well, big horse flies fly off. Um, I'm going to keep running towards Roz. I don't know if the cage is open or not, but I I would like to try and heal her. Um, okay. But I don't know if can I tell if it's if magic is working around her in the cage. Yeah, the cage the cage is still very much intact. It's quite strong. It would need to be given that it is used to confine wizards and witches. But as you approach, you can see Roz is breathing. Okay. Like her body's moving. So it looks like she's sort of knocked out rather than necessarily like in dead. Give me give me a perception check. Okay. 24. Oh, you you beat my performance check for 22. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Roz is playing. Oh. Roz is playing dead. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks for helping, Roz. Great. Okay. Real, real, real helpful. Uh, uh, oh, no. Um, <laughs> my hands on the board's like, oh, I, great. <laughs> I, look, uh, Bon Bon, I, you, you know me, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> and she's kind of like, pressing yourself up off the ground <laughs> look in your own words what's love got to do with it we were just attacked by a giant bird <laughs> fine you're cool and you whatever <laughs> <sighs> you did great from what I could see lying face down pretending to be, pretending dead. to be dead <sighs> right okay well good and I turn away from Rosa's like okay fine you're fine and I turn and head towards <laughs> Dean Poole I think a crowd is kind of starting to gather around her. Archmage Fausti's walked over by one of the automaton guards. Happiness, Artemis, what are you guys doing? Well, Artemis was, was considering thinking if Roz was potentially dead. But seeing her getting up and talking to Bonnie, I think he's a bit like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's been an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> what this woman has put me through. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, um, he is since like by the time all that the action is done, and even you know like a couple of rounds, haste only lasts a minute, and then after that, there is a brief wave of uh, lethargy. Um, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Roz sure knows all about that. the brief wave of lethargy <laughs> after haste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but he, yeah, he, he just momentarily. Um, 
just collapses, falls on his ass in the armor with a clank and just, you know, for a few seconds is just kind of swimming and kind of just kind of dribbles down his chin of him. It's just it's an awful lot and he's sweating. Uh, out of the crowd, uh, like again, as everyone is kind of gathering around Dean Poole's body, Agnes kind of pushes through and from from her sleeve, she takes out a, a very soft periwinkle pink handkerchief and she just starts to like wipe the drool away from your mouth uh, Arctus, he, he, and he, just like is rubbing the back of your head he he, stop, he stops her as she goes to like dab it and he's like he's at this point he's too he can't really for a few seconds he can't really move properly but he starts to get it back and he goes to stop her from dabbing it Arky now you save the day you my little poison ball and you save the day and oh, let, uh, let me take care of you one last time. Last, I, last time, hand to the gods. Last time, Marky. And she's now just wiping the drool. <laughs> oh, well, it, it, well, it's, this is th- happiness. This is this is up there with some of the bashes that you've thrown. Oh, uh, and Archie's mean, kind of not quite. <laughs> well, <laughs> certainly less champagne. Um, uh, and, 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 and with that, he kind of just like clicks his little hands together, and all of you find a glass of champagne in your hand. Oh, that's more like it. I do think I uh, kneel down and very reluctantly do healing word on Dean Pool because I don't actually think that she ought to die. As yeah, as the the, the four of you kind of gather around, uh, a guard, one of the automatons, is is actually over like letting Roz out of her cell. Archmage Fausti kind of turns to face her, and Bonnie, as you kneel down, it's that weird thing where at the exact same moment somebody else from the crowd is going to do the exact <gasps> same thing. <laughs> I look up, and you find yourself looking into the eyes of Sergey. <gasps> Absolutely oh, yeah. fucking wrong. <laughs> Touch fingertips as we both cast healing with <laughs> Yeah, and he, he kind of blushes. He has aged. Uh, and I heal her for eight. <laughs> and then I just like keep my hand like on her chest, like keeping her down. Like, do you want to um, go look at some horses later? Some of them have wings. <laughs> I have waited a very long time. For you to ask me that. Excellent. <laughs> Bonnie brings out her business card and is like, meet me outside <laughs> when this is all done. <laughs> and, and he, oh, he kind of, yeah, he, he takes it and kind of smiles uh, at you, Bonnie. And then his eyes land on you, Arias, and he kind of stands up very, very promptly and he just half disappears back into the crowd. <laughs> Arias sends out a little thought over to him and he just says no hard feelings boss fight party no no that was that was a curse that was a curse that Arias put on him oh. um, he's never allowed to feel hard uh, <laughs> <laughs> a joke a jest a friendly jape between old enemies <laughs> I have stolen his Viagra pills though. <laughs> he, he, he ain't got uh, no boner pills left. <laughs> as Roz kind of like shakes off 
the debris and the dust from the floor that she was laying down in. Uh, in defensively, of course, waiting to strike, uh, Archmage Fausti kind of turns. Uh-huh. Miss, Miss Graypurse, it seems that you have, you have quite the colourful bunch of friends. And, and he gestures at uh, you, uh, Professor Shufflebottom, and a rather thunderous ex-lover um, to thank for your, well, freedom, my dear. And he holds a, a champagne glass up. Roz has one in her hand as well. And she just takes a big glug out of it. She polishes the whole glass off and kind of tosses it over the glass over her shoulder. That, that's it. I'm dragged out of my business. My name is dragged through the mud. I'm forced to a high school slash college reunion where my personal business is put on display for everybody to pick through the finest details, the tawdriest moments, the laundry baskets of socks I went through in college. <laughs> for what? For for entertainment? For God knows what. I I I I, I, I don't know what to say to you, Fausti. I I don't know how to feel right now. Araeus sidles over to, to Ross. Says, you might say thank you. Uh, one, one moment, Fausti, and she, 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 she kind of she turns to you, Araeus. To who? To him. For all the publicity, it's free publicity. Oh my god, oh yeah! Oh, 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 oh. Humility, uh, humility, people love humility. Oh yeah, humility, 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 this! And she claps over her head, and just the entire room is filled with D8 Services business cards. Uh, like, they just come fluttering out like confetti. Um, act now, 10% off your first date. Not guaranteed. Uh... Come on down to Tesra Barefoot Alley, Roz, Grey Purse. I'll be there to find love. What's it got to do with it? That's my new slogan now. What's love got to do with it? And as as these business cards flutter around and Roz kind of, she goes up, Bonnie, and she gives you just like a, a big hug. Like she squeezes you right into it and she kind of gestures at Sergei Sparrowtail <laughs> in the crowd and she just kind of raises her eyebrows at you. I raise my back and say, I think I might need a sock. Literally I think I finally understood it. Roz just again she pulls you in for another big hug, Bonnie, and it's just now and and I'm assuming somebody's had the birds and the horses talk with yes, you. Yes, when or, a mummy horse and a daddy horse love each other very much. Yes, a mummy horse yes, and a daddy. I have bred many a good pair of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, we've got a whole new bank of material for these Central centrifuges. Falls Volume 2, Central obviously. Falls. I give her one of my business cards. <laughs> As she kind of shuffles in into the crowd further, like her eyes kind of land on you, happiness. Uh, happiness. You're looking... Ross. Amazing. I mean, obviously, and I see you've uh, kept up using all the tips I gave you 
to keep you looking amazing. Uh, all of this, all of this is down to you. All of it. Every single bit. Like, like some people literally blame you for all of this. Like, blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. And she's going to hold up her glass of champagne and smell it and be like, I think this is only brute. Like, just like cheap, like Spanish. Yeah, oh, no. yeah I know. Just, yeah. Just, just knock it back. Just knock it back. Just knock okay. it back. Just knock it back. I, I, I'm making my, I'm, I'm trying to delicately make my way through the crowd to try to find the good stuff. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Uh, and just as she kind of, as she kind of goes to walk away, you know, your, you know, your niece, she's, she's one of my clients. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I haven't seen her in some time. I, uh, I try to, <laughs> I try to, you know, help her get her on her way like I did with you and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, she shot fire at me. Um, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, that's, that's all to fester. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but why, I should go catch up with her, I guess. Um, so yeah, how, 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 how is she? Is she good? Obnoxious. She's obnoxious. She's obnoxious. She's, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> and Roz is like, kind of tilts her head a little bit. And again, people are kind of coming up and they're like, they are, they're taking her business card and they're like, she's taking their details and, and so on and so forth. And as she kind of mulls the way kind of through the, the crowd, uh, Archmage Fausti um, kind of moves back up towards the table and kind of with a wave of his staff and uh, his, his, his right arm everything kind of starts to fix itself like the glass the huge stained glass window starts to repair the walls repair the table the chairs the doors everything kind of just starts to fix itself very very quickly very very neatly and then pages begin to kind of come together he finds himself holding a rather large book and he just gives it a couple of knocks on the table and he turns back and he just kind of shoves it into your hands Artemis um well, the gods do love a trier, Artemis, and, you know, don't let a good thing slip through your fingers a second time. Well, uh, good scientific practice does require repetition. <laughs> Thank you, Archmage. And uh, he will take the book and make his way over to Roz. She kind of, she sees you coming. No, 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 Brian. I've got your details. I'll contact you. Oh, gosh, you're so desperate. Uh, later, later, Brian. We'll talk later, okay? I've got... Uh, Brian! I've got this to deal with. And uh, you see a Goliath kind of just shuffle away. Um, and kind of the crowd kind of around her disperses. But everyone is kind of watching very, very closely. There's, a, you know, there's room for the two of you to kind of talk. Um, he hands her the book. When he does it, he bends down and he picks up one of the business cards off the floor when she takes the book off him. And he's just kind of looking at it. Have you found the answer yet? One way or the other? And he sort of nods at the thesis and he's looking at the card. Roz has kind of one hand on the thesis. And like, she kind of, she looks at it and then she looks back up at you. Oh... Arctimus, no, 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 no. You know, some of life's biggest questions never really have an answer. But I can tell you I have tried multiple times. Like, multiple, like, so... And sometimes with multiple people at the one time. And no, I still don't know what love's got to do with it. 
one more question. And he's thinking back, you know, he said, I, I, I've always, you know, the, the reason that I fell in love with you all those years ago was because you were so radical, so forward-thinking, open-minded, thinking outside the box. It was how I wanted to be. We, we, we saw things very differently, but exactly the same. And along the way, I think I've lost some of that, and I've I've been afraid to question the way things are, the way that I had been, and well, today and watching back everything that happened that day, I'm not sure if what I thought I saw, what I thought was said is true. So, so at the dance, the thing that we saw, what was that you that said those things to me? Roz pulls on the book uh, a little more, Artemis. Like as you as you bring up the dance and those moments, uh, and she she's pulling on it, but she's pulling you in at the same time. And one arm just kind of swoops around your back, <laughs> and she dips you low, and she's just kind of hovering over you. Like and you can just see, you can just see kind of the light in her eyes, and she she leans down. She kisses you. And then she drifts right beside your ear. No, um, Artemis, seriously, what is actually the punishment for academic fraud and plagiarism? Because that is... <laughs> and she kind of, she just kind of chuckles. Uh, she's now kind of, she's now desperately trying to pull the book out of your hands. Yeah, she, he says... Um, oh, no, I, I, I was, I was, I was actually asking for a friend. I was asking for um, happiness. Uh, uh, question, dubious questions around her qualification. <laughs> After today, I don't think we can really trust Miss Dien's administrative system. So, whatever is in that thesis, I, I'll keep it between us. <laughs> well, hopefully not for long. And she kind of, she throws the book, the thesis over her shoulder. And again, she pulls you in a second time. And again, it, it's a it's a bigger, fatter kiss. It is that sort of stereotypical thing where like the crowd have all kind of come back in on top of you all. People are clapping and cheering. The business cards are still falling like confetti. They're piling up everywhere. It's, become, it's actually becoming a health and safety hazard. The crowd outside the doors that were waiting and heard all the commotion have all been filled in and they're all trying to spill in as well. And it is becoming a party. As we move away from the Great Hall 
Mistian University on Mistian Isle and we leave uh, Artemis Shufflebottom in the clutches of Roz Graypurse. Happiness Tinderson desperately trying to distance herself from this party because people think she organized it. Bonnie, Bonnie disappearing into the woods with a very, very uh, anxious <laughs> Sergey. I think Bonnie in horse form, <laughs> allowing, galloping away yes, with Sergey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who is a falcon on your back? <laughs> <laughs> Glorious. We, as we move away from the island, we cut one last moment to the library where Chief Librarian Arius Simar holds the only copy of Roz Graypurse's thesis. And flicking through the pages one last time, and he finds himself drifting to the last page. And the question, what's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. He ponders the question thinking about the relationships he's had with his friends and what love can mean to different kinds of people and he realises that love comes from a firm foundation of trust and everything but you cannot force someone to love Aureus ponders the great question and concludes that it must be a second hand emotion (laughs) I can't give you any more inspiration. We're coming to the end, but God damn it. I've I've been sitting here like, I have to say it. If I don't say it, I'm going to explode. I'm going to die if I don't say it. This was the Roz Graypurse After School Special. And I have been Declan, your Dungeon Master. And it is about time that I actually introduce you to the phenomenal players playing the indomitable uh, warhorse bonnie verdante is the wonderful philippa yeah um so yes i've been playing bonnie uh my name's philippa mort you can find me all over the internet at mort philippa at one l two p's um if you want to find some of my other stuff i uh, write little adventures and games over on itch.io um also under philippa mort um, and I also am regularly over on Twitter and TikTok at Mort Philippa. And finally, if you want to see me um, GMing some stuff, I am about to, probably by the time this comes out, I'll probably be in the middle of doing a short campaign of Mouse Ritter um, called Mice in the Herb Garden over on Girls Run These Worlds. And thank you very much for having me. I've had a wonderful time. <laughs> Playing the very moist master of pages and beats, Aureus Simmer uh, is the completely and totally charismatic... Thank you ever so much for allowing me to play Aureus Simmer, the ASMR Asimar. Um, he's a cursed little creature and I'm very appreciative of it. Hello, I'm Josh. Uh, you can find me online or in a dark, damp corner in your house at uh, Joshy Longlegs. That's J-O-S-H-Y-L-O-N-G-L-E-G-S. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. You can also find me on Itch. I'm going to start making games myself. Uh, my my first game, my debut game, which is a feral little card game called Goblin, where you're a goblin in a bar fight. 
that's the game. Uh, when this episode goes out, will be available on itch.io forward slash Joshy Longlegs, I think. Um, that's my personal stuff. I'm also available as a DM for hire or a voice actor if you want that sort of thing. I don't do ASMR. You can also find me DMing at Dice and a Slice. That's D-I-C-E-N-A-S-L-I-C-E. Dice and a Slice, the only D&D 5e podcast powered by baked goods in an entirely homebrew world of nautical mischief and misadventure uh, you can join us as we are in our second season now it went really this gets going really well it's really good uh, we had a new cast member join us and it's really it's just fantastic we're having a great time um, we've got a discord we've got a twitter all that all that good stuff where you can find us wherever you cast your pods two more things uh, if you are East Anglian in the UK uh, I'm a part of a new collective called Folk and Law we are doing regular events uh, culminating in a storytelling convention festival that will be happening every year find us on uh, online at Folk and Law UK and finally when this goes out my, my partner and I Alicia will have uh, started our new business Fable Fable Events or Fable UK uh, that is a D&D team building uh, company so if you are based anywhere in the UK or abroad and want to pay for the fees uh, we will come and use D&D to help build your team to be better versions of themselves it is it is <laughs> it's more fun than doing a Myers-Briggs test <laughs> <laughs> You can find any info on that uh, by searching for Fable Events UK. Playing the uh, love-struck, cantankerous academic in a suit and a shell and swaddled in his mother's apron strings, Artemis Shufflebottom, played by the lovable Ben. Yeah, I felt gross playing Arkhamus a lot of the time. <laughs> Please don't hate me because of him. <laughs> uh, no, but it was it was very fun. I had a great time uh, cooking him up with Declan and sort of working out his relationship to Roz. Uh, as I said, um, Ben Doherty, you can I write uh, and edit TTRPG content. You can find me under Ben Doherty on DMs Guild, uh, where most recently a book that I released um, was involved with Tim Tim Van Dallen, sorry, uh, book Elminster's Excellent Establishments as a book of 20 shops and shopkeepers for your D&D game. Uh, Most recent release that I had, uh, we spent two weeks at the number one bestseller list on DMs Guild, which was fantastic, and thank you to everybody. Um, that bought it and we most recently got a best gold seller on there so that's been great uh, I have a few other bits on there uh, and we'll be publishing regularly including uh, next release I'm hoping to get out next month is the Path of Possession or Path of, Path of the Possessed Barbarian uh, on top of that uh, I also DM on Twitch on the Penny Dragon Games YouTube channel uh, the Cloaks of Mindhelm campaign and I play a mouse paladin in one of their other games, uh, the Churn Gang, which is set in the Humblewood world. Um, and yeah, I am also keep an eye out uh, on my Twitter at SpongeMaster. Um, it, <laughs> I'm not going to attempt to spell it all out there, but at SpongeMaster, there is a link to my uh, portfolio page. You can see what some of the stuff that I've worked on, and I am hoping to relatively soon start uh, DMing for hire. So. If you check out previous sessions of Cloaks of Mindhelm, 
on the Playing Dragon Games YouTube channel, you can get uh, a feel for what it would be like uh, for me to DM you and see if you want to uh, spend money on it. And last but by no means least, the preppiest, sassiest master of revelries in the history of that job title, Happiness Tinderson, played by the electric Emma. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, I was just busy following all these things the guys were mentioning, so I'm just closing down my browser now. Um, Which everybody else should be doing as you listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, online on most socials, I'm Emma is on fire. Um, most of them are locked, so if you want to request to follow me and you don't look too weird, I will accept you. Um, and uh, I also play Regiment on a stream for on the um on the d8 uh, sort of area um on twitch um uh, he is possibly dead most likely as uh, as i go on parental leave for a few weeks but um i'm sure once uh my son is a little bit older i'll be back uh open doing things and run in the d8 dungeon sort of area um but yeah, that's kind of me. Amazon Fire, or you can look at old uh, episodes of um, our our Twitch stream on YouTube as well on the D Eight Dungeon ch- channel. Thank you so much for for one agreeing to be part of this, and then two making this something even more bigger than I I possibly could have done. Of uh, so it's been an absolute blast for me to get to play and work with the four of you. Uh, I hope it's not the last time, and. <gasps> If you do follow Romancing the Dungeon and you're following season two, in two weeks' time, you're going to find out the fate of Nathaniel Obsidian McKnight. (gasps) So, yeah, yeah, that's a big deal, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you in two (laughs) weeks. Don't hate me when you find out what happened. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. Love you. Bye. (laughs) 